What are the most serious financial ramifications of cyber attacks on hospitals and other healthcare providers? I'm Marianne Kolbisak McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with attorney Laura Hammergren, a partner in the cybersecurity and data privacy practice of law firm Mayer Brown and co-lead of the firm's healthcare practice. So Laura, a recent report from Moody's Investor Service identified four business sectors, hospitals, banks, security firms, and market infrastructure providers as potentially facing the most significant financial impact from cyber attacks that could lead to weakened credit profiles. With that said, when it comes to hospitals and other healthcare providers, what sorts of financial impact can they expect to face in the wake of cyber attacks on their organizations beyond the weakened credit profile and anything that tends to be overlooked in terms of impact financially? I don't think that anyone was surprised when Moody's listed off the sectors that seem to be at the most risk. I do think people had not necessarily been thinking through that a, a, a credit service might start taking that into account when assigning a credit rating. But, but certainly the industries they named are well known for being particularly vulnerable to cyber attacks. Healthcare, for example, there's just so much data. All of us have healthcare providers, and it's a, a service all of most of us, anyway, need from time to time. And we really can't get it from any other place other than going to healthcare providers. And so, you know, they have they have a captive market of everyone, essentially. And and then the types of data that they have are are very valuable. The the health records and social security numbers and all of those types of information really really are valuable to people who are who are looking to to misuse information. The financial impact that hospitals and other health care providers can expect to face is kind of, as I say here now, in sort of two different areas. It's the uh, cost that you have to react to, clean up, notify, and resolve the attack. And then it's the cost to your reputation that a cyber attack can lead to. And in terms of the first category, once a cyber attack is discovered, there can be a lot of costs involved in just fixing the problem that was found, investigating the full scope of the attack, and you know if it was a large if it was a large attack that involved a lot of information, you might be having to hire expensive experts, whether they're forensic experts legal experts, regulatory experts to help you handle the situation. You usually have to notify anybody who's been impacted and that, that doesn't, um, isn't free certainly and, and can come at a cost. You may have to offer some sort of credit monitoring services to those people. And of course you have to fix whatever caused the attack and figure out ways to prevent another one along the same lines and possibly other areas, which may also require hiring of experts or at least resources of your organization. So even just that cost, I think one study, there was a cost of a data breach study from the Ponemon Institute, and they estimated that 
for healthcare providers in 2017, it cost about $380 per stolen record to solve that problem. And if you have thousands, hundreds of thousands of records at issue, that ends up being a huge expense and, and is much more costly than sort of your average record from another type of a business. And then there's the cost to your reputation. Healthcare providers, again, have a relatively captive audience in that if I need treatment right away and you're the only provider, you know, I may not have a choice. But more and more we see a lot more types of institutions being opened and people do have some choice in most areas. And so you may see part of the cost may be people going to other institutions if, and treatment centers if they feel like their data will be more secure somewhere else. So Laura, with that all said, what can hospitals and healthcare providers do to better prepare for that financial impact if there is a cyber attack? For instance, does cyber insurance help or are there other ways of sort of planning for this potential impact? You bring up a great point. Cyber insurance can can certainly help mitigate some of your costs. Financial planning that so many hospitals and healthcare providers do get hit. It's I don't want to say it's unavoidable, but it is certainly something that you may want to account for when you're planning your finances for the year. What if there was a somewhat significant cost with an attack? You know, prevention, paying some money up front uh, of a known quantity to really get your systems in pristine order, get the latest in security and software, you know, really good training for employees. All of those things along the preventative line, although they, they cost money and take resources, to the extent they can prevent a future attack, save you money in the long run. It's easier to predict those costs when you're, when you're doing a prevention-type measure rather than a remedial measure after an attack has already happened. So, Laura, in the wake of a cyber attack, are there key steps that hospitals and healthcare providers can take to potentially contain the damage, keep the financial impact to a, a minimum? Yeah, I think having a healthcare providers are required to have a response plan, but making sure that your response plan is detailed and thorough and effective and sets forth the, the right steps and the right actions to take can be hugely helpful in containing the damage. Because if you if you don't really have a great plan to investigate and try to remediate your the cyber attack, you could waste a lot of time and a lot of money trying to figure out what happened and the scope and how many people you need to notify. And if you can't sort of put the right scope and parameters around what happened in the attack, you're gonna be paying a lot more money to you know, notify a lot more people, causing more damage to your reputation. And so to really tailor your response plan to the type of business that you're running, to the type of data that may be at issue, to the type of attack that occurred, could make a big financial difference and potentially contain a lot of damage. So with that said, Laura, do you have any suggestions about how response plans can change depending on the type of cyber attack? I think the type of cyber attack should really drive a lot about the response plan. 
some sort of unauthorized access by, you know, maybe by some sort of hacker from another country is going to need to be investigated and dealt with a lot differently than, say, an employee who left their computer in their car and it got stolen. You're going to need a totally different set of tools to detect what happened, to analyze how big the scope of the problem is, to sort of contain that those issues and to recover from that type of attack. And, and you'll just need, an, I think, an entirely, maybe not an entirely different set of personnel, but, but different personnel will have different expertise. And so I think it, it's really important to consider the type of cyber attack that's at issue and make sure you have sort of the right people assigned to immediately begin investigating and that they have the right expertise and the right specialties to deal with that particular cyber attack because it can, can vary hugely. The technological fix and the potential scope really can be a lot different depending on which type of cyber attack that's at issue. And Laura, often we see after cyber attacks or any sort of data breach really, you'll see class action lawsuits, there's potential regulatory investigations. Are there certain steps that hospitals and healthcare providers can take in terms of dealing with potential regulatory investigations and class action lawsuits that do result from cyber attacks? Uh, they could certainly try. <laughs> I would say that it's, it's hard to necessarily prevent a, a class action lawsuit with a major incident just because the, they end up becoming filed sort of as a run-of-the-mill type exercise. But certainly your response plan, its effectiveness and detailedness and, and efficiency in dealing with the attack can certainly help sort of mitigate and contain the damage. And that, of course, will minimize the chance for regulatory investigation or class action lawsuits. The immediacy to which you respond and, and making sure you're making the required disclosures and notifications on time can be a factor because if there's not sort of some of those extra things for a plaintiff's lawyer or a investigator to point at, like you forgot to notify on time or you waited too long, that can make a lawsuit less attractive. So, so dealing with the problem as quickly as you can, but also in the most thorough and, and detailed way you can, can help minimize some of those potentials. In terms of regulatory investigations, if you have someone in-house or someone you can hire to potentially go to the regulators to sort of disclose it beforehand, before sort of keep them up to date and let them some insight into your investigation. That may assist later on if they feel like they've been included and they've been fully aware of what's been occurring instead of, you know, after the fact and everything's complete and, and they have their own thoughts about how it should have been investigated is one potential option. And just trying to be as diligent as you can in your response and as thorough as you can in the fix can at least help even if such investigations or lawsuits are brought, can hopefully get things to a quicker resolution. Thanks, Laura. I've been speaking to attorney Laura Hammergren, 
I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.